Welcome to the Conference of Consulting Actuaries Leadership Development Podcast. This podcast is designed to provide actuaries with leadership skill development through thoughtful and engaging interviews from leaders within the profession. Tune in to gain new insights that will help you as you look to develop or refine your leadership skills and become a more successful professional. Hey everyone, this is Michael Clark, past president of the Conference of Consulting Actuaries and Managing Director at Agilis based in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to our Leadership Development Podcast Series. Uh, Today, my guest is Charles Cowling. Uh, Charles, welcome. Thank you. Uh, just a, I, w- I wanted to give a little bit of a bio here on, on Charles. Charles is currently the chief actuary at Mercer in the UK, based in Manchester, England. He is a council member of the Institute and Faculty of Actuaries and is the current president-elect of the International Actuarial Association, set to become president on January 1st. We're going to talk more about the IAA during our uh, conversation today. But a couple of other interesting tidbits about Charles. Uh, if you follow him on LinkedIn, you you will have seen that he was recently ordained a deacon in Carlisle Cathedral and serves in the heart of Westmoreland uh, Mission Community. Congrats on that, Charles. That's a thank you. A, a nice accomplishment. Um, and something we, Charles and I were chatting about this a little bit as well, because there's a, a another thing on his LinkedIn profile that caught my attention. About 10 years ago, he was signed up to run 10 marathons in 10 days uh, for, and correct me on the pronunciation here, but Brathe Trust. Yep, that's it. That's the one. And did you do it? 10 yep, marathons, 10 I got days? There. Uh, somewhat exhausted at the end of it, but yes, 10 <laughs> marathons in 10 days was... Uh, uh, a major challenge, but uh, also a wonderful one for finding out what one is capable of achieving. Um, and, you know, this is partly why I'm, I'm really excited about our conversation today. When you look at a lot of Charles's background, there's more to him than just being an actuary. Um, and so I'm excited to hear more about some of his uh, um, experiences in the past and how that's shaped him as an actuary and as a leader within the profession today. Uh, Charles, I, I want to start with just for people that don't know you. Take a few minutes. Talk to us about your career path. What led you to become an actuary? What led you to become chief actuary at Mercer in the UK? Yeah, sure. So um, I probably started off uh, as many other actuaries did at school. Um, mathematics was my uh, main subject that I was able to uh, achieve good grades at. Uh, probably the only subject I was able to achieve good <laughs> grades at, uh, and and I focused on that. I did study it at university, uh, and in fact, whilst I was at school, I was looking at, at, at careers that could use my mathematics because I recognised I should play to what strengths I had, um, and I discovered the in our careers library that the career an actuary, and it sounded great, um, and so I joined. Uh, I joined Mercer, in fact, uh, in 1984 after coming out of university. Um, so quite a while ago now. Uh, it was then known as Duncan Fraser in the UK. Um, uh, it was soon to become known as Mercer a little while later. Uh, and I joined in their Liverpool office, which was uh, historically the centre of their 
the partnership and and as such they had a uh, some really great actuaries there uh, and some really great big clients and I got stuck into some some big projects got given some really exciting work uh, I was given scope and encouraged to innovate uh, and introduce uh, new ideas um, I also got heavily involved volunteering at the Institute of Faculty of Actuaries. I got involved in writing papers and drafting standards. I was always looking for new challenges. So I spent um, actually three years out of traditional actuarial work uh, in HR consulting, advising on executive pay, which was, was very interesting. Um, I went back into pensions uh, and started recognising that there were major conflicts in the UK, at least, between um, trustees of pension plans and employers. And I started to build a, a business that uh, was focused on advising employers on how to manage their pension arrangements. Um, as those conflicts grew, um, I saw the need to set up an entirely separate business. And in fact, I left Mercer in 2006 to establish a corporate consulting business within what was then JLT, Jardine Lloyd Thompson. Um, I also ran JLT's investment business for a while, uh, but then I returned to Mercer in 2019 uh, when Mercer acquired JLT. So, <laughs> so I, full circle, I was back. Uh, but I guess a combination of of some of the, the client work I was lucky to do. Uh, a lot of the work I'd done with the Institute and Faculty of Actuaries and the research that I'd done, uh, my varied background of work in investment and in HR consulting, uh, quite a lot around professionalism, just made me um, a more uh, chief actuary suited a what i was interested in doing i i'd i'd long decided that um running a a p l and running a um the the commercial side of the business uh wasn't as interesting for me as as the professional and technical and uh, development side so uh yeah i ended up as chief actuary which is you know dream job as far as i'm concerned Oh, that's great. So you said something early on that I, I wanted to just maybe touch on for a little bit more. Um, some of these opportunities that came your way, whether it was through volunteering with the uh, uh, Institute and Faculty of Actuaries or or some of the internal opportunities that you had, were those things that you were seeking out? Were people coming to you? Like, how did, how did some of those things come about? So a bit of both. Um, so some of it was very much uh, me looking for opportunities. So I made a, a big effort to get involved in debates uh, at the Institute and Faculty. I, I made a, an effort to uh, to link in with people who were um, uh, writing new, new stuff. Um, I was keen always to go to conferences to hear the, the latest actuarial thinking. Um, but I was also lucky that I joined an office that had um, an, a large number of very significant clients 
who were all, were much more open to new ideas because that they sort of saw their their actuary is more than somebody that would just churn out the standard numbers. They wanted to be stretched and uh, and uh, given things to think about and, and develop. So, uh, and the you know the actuaries I were work, was working with, they were both very um, good, but also very encouraging. So, so I was encouraged to. To sort of develop new stuff with clients, and, uh, and and therefore it was a bit of both. I had the opportunity, but I also went out looking for it. Interesting. Um, when you think back, I mean, you mentioned you've been you've been at this now for a, a few decades. Um, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced, and and kind of on the flip side, some of the biggest rewards from the uh, direction you've taken your career? So I guess probably the biggest challenges were 20 odd years ago. Uh, I was early, probably even more than that, 25 years ago. I was an early champion of the use of financial economics in actuarial work. Uh, so back in 2000, I advised the trustees of the huge uh, Boots pension plan in the UK to switch entirely out of equities and into matching bonds. Uh, and then after that, in 2004, I co-wrote a, a, a sessional paper for the Institute of Faculty of Actuaries suggesting that most, if not all, pension plans should follow suit. Uh, and all of that kicked off quite a battle within the industry um, which was quite challenging at times uh, and um, was had its had its difficulties as well as being you know I, I found it very um, exciting to be challenging established thinking uh, albeit that you learned a lot along the way about how to do that sort of thing and um, you also, when you're quite young um, and you think you know it all, tend to approach things that perhaps with a bit of extra experience, I might have been a little calmer in my in some of the things that I said and did at the time. Uh, but, I, but I guess I, I was one of a few people that were trying to shake up things. Uh, and that was that was very challenging. In terms of of the flip side, um, I guess the thing I've got the biggest kicks out of has just been working with some great people. I, I've loved being an actor. It's been a, it's been a great job as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I just had so many opportunities to work with really interesting people. Uh, particularly, actually, since I joined the, got involved with the IAA, actuaries around the world. And, and, you, and you really realise that um, there are very different ways of approaching similar problems and, and it's it, it's really um eye-opening and, and exciting to see what different actuaries are doing uh, in different parts of the world and and some of the opportunities that exist and that's been a real privilege and a, and a huge pleasure for me 
Um, yeah, I, going back to when you were talking about some of the, the challenges there with implementing those liability-driven investment solutions, I, and uh, one of the thoughts that came to mind is that really experience can be the greatest teacher that we have, yes. which is why, in, at least in my opinion, we should never shy away from those opportunities to try something new, even if we don't feel 100% qualified, because like, you are going to learn along the way. You learn most from your mistakes. I mean, that's you know, that's not say you should deliberately go out and try. But if you don't, <laughs> if you don't try and fail, then probably you're not trying hard enough. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Um, and and I'll second what you said too about uh, being able to interact with other actuaries uh, from different firms, different parts of the world, like and hearing what they're doing and experiencing it i find that to be intellectually stimulating as well yeah most definitely all right so if you could go back to your uh 20 something year old self back in the 1980s and uh, give yourself some advice what would that be oh interesting so hmm, i reckon i'm pretty happy with most if not all of my career and life decisions I, I don't think I really want to change any of it I, I, so in terms of advice around that probably not very much um, but I think if I were to advise my younger self it would be and this is with all the decades of extra experience um, to emphasize that the world is a risky place Black swan events, whether they're financial crises, wars, pandemics, occur much more frequently than markets anticipate. Uh, and younger people, and myself included, sort of presume that you know, your current view of the world is stable. Well, actually, no, the world is a very unstable place and it always has been. And as actuaries, it's our responsibility and our risk management focus should should be on the things that might happen not simply what we expect to happen and i guess too i would add to all of that um go away and really take to heart um reddington's seminal paper on immunization theory um that, that he wrote decades ago uh, about how to reduce the risk of financial institutions uh, because had I really taken those lessons on board right at the outset they would have served me extremely well later on in life interesting that's very sage advice I think and uh, uh, something we all probably can uh, take a dose of right as far as uh, realizing that the world's constantly going to be changing yeah, and maybe the pace of change is, is even getting faster. Yeah, which is absolutely. A scary thought too. It, I, it, it, you don't have to look back too far to see how quickly things have been changing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we had this even you know, in the UK last September, October, when, as a result of um, a budget that uh, financial markets weren't anticipating um you know it, it caused chaos in our mm -hmm. long bond yields uh, mm -hmm. which then had a knock-on um chaos in um all of our immunization strategies oh, because yeah. 
Yes, a lot of hard work was done in a few weeks. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. For more insights from the Conference of Consulting Actuaries, including webinars, meetings, and community discussions and events, check out our website at www.ccactuaries.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Are you enjoying this content? Consider participating in CCA's leadership development community to continue the discussion and share insights from this podcast. You don't have to be a CCA member to join. Just reach out to CCA staff to get started. Thank you.